Welcome to the Team Egos Podcast, the show where we talk about life while enjoying tea. Today, I talked with Abril of Beauty, Herbs, and Tea. Abril is an herbalist who started Beauty, Herbs, and Tea because she believes in the power of herbs and how we can partner with them for a healthier and happier life. Abril and I discussed deeply about herbs for immunity, stress, anxiety, hangovers, and pain, as well as her pursuit of entrepreneurship and farming. Discover Abriel's work at beautyherbsandtea.com. That's beautyherbsandtea.com. Or on social media at beautyherbsandtea. And enjoy the show. Abriel, welcome to the Team Eagles podcast. How are you doing today? Hello, hello. I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. I know we had a little bit of a struggle yes. <laughs> getting this <Yeah>. together, <laughs> but I, I'm excited yeah. to be here. I'm so excited. I know it's I, people who probably listen to my podcast probably hear of all the struggles I have with scheduling. Um, it's an unfortunate thing part of like when I'm doing this myself, scheduling and just having another job and doing all of this stuff, it's it's challenging. Uh, so uh, thank you for working with me. I appreciate that. Um, oh, trust but yeah. me, I know. I know the entrepreneurship struggle. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been understanding because I, I know, you know, how it is, especially working with other people. But we are here. So exactly. that's the good part. We're here. We're about to talk about some tea, literally. <laughs> yes, yes. And I am excited for that. Let's just dive right into it. I'm curious because I've looked a little bit at your content and your website and everything, and you have a YouTube page, but... I do. Give me the background because it sounds like you went through a point in your life where you were just feeling like you didn't know what you wanted and you didn't know or you didn't like the path that you were on, so you had to make a change. Is that correct? That is true. Um, First, let me introduce myself for those who do not know me. (laughs) Let's start there. I know some people are like, who is this girl? (laughs) Um, So my name is Abril Dane. You can just call me Abril. And I am a certified clinical herbalist and mental health advocate. And I own the tea and wellness company called Beauty Herbs and Tea, where I specialize in wellness blends. Um, A few of the wellness blends I have range from teas from anxiety support to teas for boosting your immune system. Mm. And I also specialize in custom herbal tea blends. So I will make you a custom tea blend for whatever wellness concern um, that you have. Now, to answer your question, um, I was not always in this field. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Let's just say that I have always um, studied herbs as kind of a passion and a hobby um, for the better part of about 10 years. But it was, again, more so of a hobby. Um, I use herbs to treat things that I had going on with me. So like PMS mm-hmm. issues, um, anxiety. So I am a mental health advocate and I tell people that I have anxiety Mm -hmm. and I've been able to manage my anxiety using herbs and Mm -hmm. my anxiety was bad I used to have panic attacks 
um, go to the hospital for my panic attacks. I used to wake up with chest pains, nausea, irritability, couldn't focus, couldn't sleep, all that, (laughs) all of the above. And it was all due to my anxiety and I use herbs to help manage that. So now I'm able to function without all of those symptoms and my anxiety is under control. So again, this was all on a hobby. So just me researching herbs and seeing what herbs worked for my anxiety and my mental health. And, um, it remained a hobby until the pandemic, <laughs> thanks to COVID. Yes. <laughs> I like to call her Coco. Thanks to Coco. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody has their nicknames. You know, the Rona, yes. especially mm-hmm. in the in the black community. We make a joke over everything. Everything is a joke to us. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, her name is Coco. I like to add humor it. to yeah. a lot of depressing things because that is what helps most of us get through those depressing things is mm-hmm. to add humor. Um, so, yeah, uh, Coco, she totally... <laughs> flip the script Mm -hmm. um i actually lost my job so let me rewind i am a speech therapist by trade so that is what i got into i've been doing that for i've been working with kids with special needs kids for the better part of um man when did i start um probably how old am i (laughs) Maybe like um, 13 years, 13 plus years I've been working with special needs kids and that was more so on a behavioral therapist level and then I transitioned into a speech therapist. I got into that field because I actually have a speech disorder. I have a speech impediment. I have a stutter. And so that's what got me into becoming a speech therapist. And I just wanted to be able to help people and tell them my my story. Like, hey, Miss A, that was my name back in the school days, Miss A. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Miss A has a stutter. It's okay. You know, um, I stutter. You know, I can help you with your, with your stutter. That was a stutter right there. I can help you with your stutter. It's okay. And so, um, yes, I'm a speech therapist. And that's the reason why I became a speech therapist. And once COVID hit, I actually lost my job as a speech therapist. Mm. And um, it was presented to me to do, I guess, more virtual learning. And I didn't like that idea of virtual learning because if you know anything about children with special needs they need hands-on physical contact and there is no way that Mm. they can sit in front of a computer for 30 minutes or an hour for a therapy session so I just thought it all was unethical I didn't like the way the field was going I just woke up one day and said I don't want to do this I don't want to do this at all. Um, So I had to think, what can I do? Like, I'm unhappy. I was also in graduate school, getting my master's degree in speech therapy. And so um, it was a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is a lot. It was. And I was getting my master's degree because I wanted to 
transition into the medical field and work with adults mm. that okay. have speech issues. So um, adults that have traumatic brain injuries, adults that have um, that have strokes, because believe it or not, there is sections in your brain that actually control your speech. And when you have those things, it can affect your speech. And so I mm. wanted to help rehabilitate those people as well as work with the medically fragile group uh, as far as the, the young little babies. Yeah. And that's what I was in graduate school for. <clears throat> and all of this happened at once. <laughs> <laughs> and His so it was a lot going on. And I woke up one day and said, you know what? I am not happy. I don't want to do this again. And I'm like, okay, April, you're 32. I was 32 at the time last year. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, do you really want to start over? Like, do you really want to start your life over? And mm -hmm. I took the leap and took the plunge. And I did. But I really had to ask myself, what is my passion? What yes. am I passionate about? And I came back to herbs. I'm like, you love herbs. You love telling your family and friends about herbal remedies. You know, like my friends call me the tea witch because I'm always, <laughs> you know, in my kitchen brewing up something. I would yep. work at summer camps and I would bring people like teas, you know, when they would yeah. get sick. I'm like, I have a tea for that. And I would bring them <laughs> teas to the summer camp. I was a camp counselor. I'm okay. animated. I don't know if you can tell <laughs> but I was that person and what really pushed me to start my tea business was my mother and my brother caught COVID mm. and they reached out to me um, for some herbs to help them with COVID with Cubco and I was like I got you I went in my kitchen and I whipped up some herbs and whipped up some things. And I am happy to say that they are alive and they yeah. beat it. And nice. both of my family members actually have, um, they have comorbid wellness issues. So health issues. Okay. So they yeah. have diabetes, high blood pressure. They have asthma. So all of these things that statistically said that they should not have beat this. Yeah. And I 100% believe it was because of my herbs. They were able to overcome it. And that was the catalyst for me to actually start my wellness business and start beauty herbs and tea. And so we are here. <laughs> that is awesome. That's incredible. So just real quick, what did you, I don't, I don't know if the right words prescribe or recommend for COVID-like symptoms? Yes. Like what, what were those so herbs? I love that you said prescribe because as herbalists, we don't prescribe anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why yes. I was like hes hesitant to use that word. <laughs> no. So just to give a little disclaimer, I typically always do this, but I am not a doctor by yeah. any means. I am an herbalist and a wellness coach. And anything that I tell you 
or I mention on any podcast or on my platform should be taken for educational purposes only. So yes. do not go back and take anything that I say <laughs> without first doing your own research, number one, and two, mm-hmm. consulting a doctor or a healthcare yes. professional before adopting any herbs into your diet. Because number one, herbs can be toxic. Herbs can have contraindications. And herbs are not a one-size-fits-all. Just because an herb worked for you, it may not work for someone else who has a disorder. It can mess up things. So that is my disclaimer. <laughs> and yeah, thank with you. that, that's a good one. Yeah, no problem. I typically say it in the beginning, so you reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, yes, I'm not an herbalist. I do not prescribe. I do not cure. I do not treat. I don't do anything. I just recommend. So yes, recommendations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for herbs for your immune system. There's a lot. Uh, we yes. can go down a whole rabbit hole yeah. <laughs> of how it, to this, stay healthy. This whole, yeah, that whole world of herbs. I mean, we could sit here and talk for hours and hours. Hours. But I'm, I'm, you know, let's try to keep it a little brief. I guess like for them specifically, like, yeah, what did you recommend then? Yes. Yeah, so I can give you the Cliff Notes version. So yeah. just speaking on your immune system and mm-hmm. uh, and cocoa, <laughs> um, I feel like um, I have some adverse feelings on the whole thing. You know, the government is recommending wear masks, you know, or they're not anymore, which is another conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, wear masks, social distance. These are going to be the things that actually can help you prevent or help prevent, um, you know, COVID. But what they're not telling you is that you can actually prevent it by, you know, eating certain things and boosting your immune system and changing your diet. Um, There was actually a study done and they actually did a clinical study on the people who have passed from COVID and they saw that majority of them had a vitamin D deficiency, which is an immune system vitamin slash hormone. And they are doing studies right now, clinical studies that show that high doses of vitamin C and vitamin D can actually prevent the virus over in certain countries, not here because we are very Mm -hmm. scientific based in the U.S. But if Mm -hmm. you go other places, again, they're treating COVID with vitamin C and so and other um, and zinc, other immune system vitamins. So I say that to say, I believe that you can 100 percent boost your immune system to help give yourself a fighting chance for this virus. There was another study. I'm a nerd, so I will be quoting studies all throughout this podcast. That's ideal. That is ideal. Yeah, I I love clinical studies and the body and anatomy and all of those things. Yeah, so I actually read this study that showed that 50% of people have been exposed to COVID and are asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. And the other 50%, they're showing symptoms and it is, you know, really impacting them. And so I believe that the 50% that are walking around asymptomatic, it's because their body is set up to be able to fight the Mm. disease due to your immune system and things like that you 
may not have comorbid issues or, you know, compounding issues. So yes, your body is set up to fight this. And I think it is all due to what you are eating, number one, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. herbs and how you live your lifestyle. So I know that was a lot, (laughs) but that was just a preface. Um, What herbs that you can use to boost your immune system. So you can actually take herbs to help keep your immune system strong and fight off cocoa. (laughs) So um, yes, let's get into some herbs. Yeah, I think before before we do that, I just wanted to say, I think the one thing about like the the masks and like the social distancing, I think there is something to those things in the sense that like, because like actually the, the crazy thing is the numbers in the flu have like this past flu season, the numbers were like ridiculously low. I, I think I saw like a number like it was in the hundreds and compared like the last few years, it was in like the tens of thousands like of flu cases, which wild. Like, is that because we were masking up and social distancing? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I 100% agree with what you're saying in the sense that it was a little upsetting that like not many people were talking about this as a solution. They were more relying solely on what you said like about the social distancing and masking like great things but why aren't we also talking about vitamin d zinc vitamin c how to prevent it and build up a strong immune system so that if something like this happens again we're ready so exactly yeah so i do agree with you i'm pro mask even though the cdc told us we don't have to wear the mask i am not a part of the vax life uh, that's my <laughs> nickname for it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i do not judge anyone who decides to get vaxxed um no, of course not. you know it's a personal decision and you know i support you either way me personally yeah. um it's not something that i would consider right now <clears throat> Possibly in the future, because I come from a clinical, you know, background and reading these studies and I come from a wellness background, I just know that, you know, we've skipped some things. Yes. (laughs) And so I'm the kind of person where I'm like, okay, let me just wait. So um, I'm going (laughs) to wait until those red tapes have not been skipped and everything has um come through with this vaccine and it is FDA approved. Now, um, yes, I do believe in mask and social distancing. I am still wearing my mask. I don't care what the mm-hmm. CDC says. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting into some herbs, mm-hmm. I can let you know about some herbs that are amazing at boosting your immune system. And so that's one of the main things you want to think about when you're, you know, thinking about the flu or COVID or a cold. You want your immune system to be strong enough to give your body a fighting chance. Again, that's why we are asymptomatic or some of us are. Now, when we think about boosting our immune system, we want to use herbs, which are plants. So if I say herbs, I'm referring to plants. Mm. I consider all plants herbs. Yeah. Plants that grow from the ground, they're all herbs. We want to look at plants that can actually help increase our white blood cells, 
to help our body fight off any invaders, any pathogens, anything that enters our body. So that is the category of herbs that you want to look into. So typically these herbs can be antiviral herbs, antifungal herbs, and antibacterial herbs. You being a tea drinker, I know that you have heard of a lot of these herbs. The first Mm -hmm. herb I'm going to mention you probably drink daily is elderberry. (laughs) Um, Elderberry is one of my go-to herbs for the immune system. You will find this herb in practically every single immune boosting formula on the market. And that is because Mm -hmm. it is one of the most researched immune boosting herbs. This herb is extremely popular and it's used primarily for colds and flus. And so the way it works is elderberry actually helps increase your white blood cells, which again, the nerd in me (laughs) has actually been shown in clinical trials that this this herb, it actually helps bind to flu viruses in your body and it stops the virus from replicating. So fascinating. Yes. So that's what elderberry does. So it can prevent you from getting sick. So let's just say if you're exposed to it, you take some elderberry, it goes in there and attacks the virus and it can help knock it out, you know, completely if you catch it early enough. Mm-hmm. So it can also help speed up the recovery with that. So I like to say you have about 24 to about 48 hours of a, a germ incubation period, as I call it. Yeah. And it, during that time, that's the time you have to knock out whatever the heck is in you. But you have to catch it at the first sign, the first cough, the first the first scratch. You have to catch it um, because if you don't, then you miss that that window of knocking out that cold or that virus. And so if you catch it at the first symptom, then you can actually knock it out probably in 24 hours. Um, Last year, I was, I'm using air quotes because they can't see me. I had to remember (laughs) that. (laughs) I was quote unquote sick three times, woke up and um, I was congested, had a sore throat. I said, not today, Satan. You're not about to do this. (laughs) And I went to my herbs and elderberry was one of them. And each time, so I have a whole um, method of yeah. knocking these, you know, knocking these things out. Each time I took my herbs and within 24 hours, gone. Every mm. single symptom, gone. So I say that to say that herbs 100% work. So another herb that I took along with elderberry is echinacea. Now, again, you're a tea drinker. You know of echinacea. Yes, <laughs> it is yep. another go-to powerhouse herb this herb is an antiviral antibacterial it's anti everything and (laughs) it helps boost uh, like elderberry it actually helps boost your white blood cells and it helps your body to fight infections as well as colds and flus and help your lymphatic system drain and again it Typically, echinacea is sold in formulas with elderberry because they work amazing together. Mm-hmm. And you can also take echinacea from, again, keeping you from getting sick. So you can take it as a preventative measure. But 
This is not something to take every day. Same as elderberry. You don't want to take this every day because your body can get used to herbs, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And so when you actually need the herbs to work, they're not going to work because your body Mm -hmm. has now become adjusted to the herbs and their properties. So you're only taking this again, to boost your immune system when you think you're going to be in a situation. So like flying, I just recently started back flying. And so I will take these herbs one or two weeks before to give my body a boost. If you're taking it every day, you don't want to take it for longer than three months. That's kind of my cutoff. Um, But yes, I often combine echinacea with elderberry. And again, you will see them sold in stores together. Um, This combination, again, is a powerhouse. I call it the cold and blue powerhouse (laughs) because, again, you can help knock it out if you catch it early enough. Yeah. And um, yeah, I told you my story of me being sick and everything. So mm-hmm. those are my two basic herbs. There's so yeah, yeah. many other herbs there that I are. can go into. I can talk about mullein, which is a, a respiratory mm. herb, which mm-hmm. again, because of cocoa, <laughs> I have been using that herb a lot and for my clients because mullein helps with everything dealing with respiratory issues from pneumonia, bronchitis, sinuses, um, congestion, literally everything. That is an amazing herb herbs to have especially yeah. if you have lung issues um again there's so many other herbs <laughs> we can oh yeah into. so yeah. yes that's a, a nutshell what we can use yeah yeah and I, i've experienced all three of those and i know growing up my mom always gave me echinacea mm-hmm. whenever whenever i was like running a cold or getting a cold like she would just immediately give us some echinacea and everything so definitely i i agree have you heard of or do you know? So I've heard that there's a difference between something called immune modulators and immune boosters. Do you know those difference, like herbs? Yes. So a modulator, if you break that down, something that modulates your immune system, it helps yeah. restore it pretty much. It can help balance it out. And mm-hmm. so that is going to be something that you would take long term. Yeah. versus, you know, an immune boosting herb. That's something you need, you know, for mm-hmm. those acute situations. And remember, I said you won't take those long term because you want them to be able to work when you need it. So yeah. there are a category of herbs that I actually use that are immune modulating herbs as well as multiple other benefits. And I'm sure you know of them. And they are called adaptogen herbs. Are you familiar with them? I love love adaptogens, yes. Yes. So adaptogen herbs are the goat, okay? (laughs) (laughs) They are amazing because... They the term adaptogen, what that means is they help your body adapt to stress. Um, That's the main category. I'm using air quotes again. That's the main category that they do. However, they have multiple other benefits. And along with helping your body adapt to stress, they also are immune modulators. So they help balance your immune system and they go in your body pretty much and fix and repair what is off. So I like to think of them as thermostats. So if you are low on white blood cells, which remember are your fighter cells, they will go in there and increase them. And it's not just your white blood cells. They do that for everything in your body, your nervous system, 
your anxiety hormones, things like that. They will go in there and just, again, modulate things and mm-hmm. bring it back to equilibrium. So. Yeah. There are a category of adaptogen herbs that are great for that. I'm sure you know of those. Being a tea drinker, you got ashwagandha um, being one. You have reishi, um, holy basil, cordyceps. Um, All of those are adaptogen herbs, which are also amazing for our immune system. And these category of herbs are herbs that you want to take every single day because you want it to build up in your system. And these are not going to be herbs you take one time to knock a coat out. No, it's not how it works. You have to take them every single day and you will see a benefit in the long run. These are long-term herbs. So you won't see a benefit soon, but maybe in a month or so you will wake up and be like, huh, you know, I don't have anxiety anymore. Uh Huh? Mm. You know, um, I'm not getting sick or I have more energy. Again, these adaptogen herbs are good for your nervous system, um, balancing out anxiety hormones, depression hormones, um, balancing out your immune system. And they also will target specific organs in our body as well and help balance those out. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> those are those herbs. That's fantastic. I, yeah, adaptogens, man, like you said, I, first of all, like every single one of these categories we're probably going to talk about. We could probably dig into and talk for like an hour on each. So I think the the keeping it at like this high level is is something, especially for someone if they're listening and this is all new to them. This it's going to be a lot a lot going on. There's there's a lot of great stuff here, but like those the, the reishi and cordyceps, the the medicinal mushrooms, mm-hmm. I I love. I've talked about them so many times on this podcast. They're they're so cool and so unique, and I think they're finally getting the validation and appreciation that um, for years, maybe at least I would, I could speak for Western civilization has not really paid much attention to. So it's cool to see, I was introduced to Reishi uh, four years ago at this point for my brother. And I've now kind of ventured into like, I take like cordyceps, lion's mane, other types of, uh, mm-hmm. I love so, those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautiful herbs, and the, and just like when you look at them, like lion's mane. If people haven't seen lion's mane, I'd say Google lion's mane mushroom and just look. Beautiful. At, it's so beautiful. It's so crazy. The it actually looks like a lion's mane. It does. Um, wild to think that these things grow and are just beneficial for us. But regardless of that, it's just so cool and so unique to. Yeah, just to see and and the adaptogens, I think you said it so well, from my understanding, it's like they balance you. So if you have too high of something of like a hormone or just a level of like cortisol, maybe for example, it like balances that out, it'll lower it. Or if you have too low of something, it bounces out and it raises it. It like finds and targets those things in your body that need help and boosts it or, or lowers it. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, um, exactly everything you just said is true. Um, I actually use adaptogen herbs with a lot of my clients because one of my specialties is herbs for anxiety and mental health because I am a mental health advocate and I I do have anxiety. I've had depression and I've used those herbs to do exactly what you said and to go in my, my nervous system and balance out those hormones. So I'm trying to see how much I can say without uh, 
sounding too scientific. So pretty (laughs) much, um, for example, anxiety, the two main hormones that contribute to anxiety are cortisol Mm -hmm. and adrenaline. Yeah. Now, those herbs, those herbs, <laughs> those hormones <laughs> are yeah. normal to have and they actually help your body function. But it actually is a part of your fight or flight response. Cortisol helps you go to sleep and wake up and all of those things. But when it, the part of your body, your brain, it's actually a whole axis that works together when that gets thrown off, then mm-hmm. your body is producing too much cortisol and too much adrenaline, and that contributes to anxiety. Yeah. And what adaptogen herbs do is just like you said, it will go in there and it will find what is off and it will help balance it out. So let's just say if you're suffering from insomnia, you may have an overabundance of cortisol. And so herbs like reishi, which is great for people who have issues with sleep, it will go in there and balance those cortisol levels out. Ashwagandha is another one. Ashwagandha is an antidepressant, a mild antidepressant. So if you have a lack of serotonin, which is your happy hormone, for those of you who don't know, a lack of it can contribute to depression. Um, Ashwagandha will go in there and help balance out those hormones. And just a fun fact, 80% of your serotonin is actually made in your gut, not your Mm -hmm. brain. (laughs) So ashwagandha will go in your gut and and link those hormones together and help modulate that and balance it out. So Mm. yes, adaptogens are amazing. Um, I'm doing a challenge right now where I am drinking an adaptogen a day. (laughs) And yes, I'm taking, because I, believe it or not, I actually have an autoimmune disorder. And so I have to actively work to keep my immune system, you know, um, up to par. And so I noticed that I was feeling a little off. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to go and work on bringing back up my immune system. And so... I'm going to take an adaptogen um, daily and the adaptogen that I am taking, I think I'm going to switch it out, but I'm doing ashwagandha tea every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, I will be doing that for the next month. And um, I think I'm going to switch over to either reishi or cordyceps or Tulsi. We'll see. But yes, <laughs> all great I, options. All amazing. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear my stomach growling. If y'all can't hear it. <laughs> no, we cannot. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't eat breakfast this morning. But yeah, <laughs> um, I will be drinking. I actually have some right now in my little Wakanda yeah. warrior cup. I have um, some um, ashwagandha tea. So I will be taking that to kind of get my immune system back and get those white blood cells back up. Nice. Yeah. Is that just straight ashwagandha or is there anything in it? Um, So what I'll do is I'll make a big 
pot of ashwagandha, just a little herbal fat. Ashwagandha is a root, and so it requires something called an herbal decoction. Now, a decoction, there is multiple methods of making tea for all you tea drinkers out there, believe it or not. There are two methods to make tea. You have an herbal infusion, which is typically how most of us make our tea. So that's just Mm -hmm. pouring, you know, hot or cold water over your herbs and letting it steep. And that's recommended for the lighter parts of the plant. So the leaves, stems, the petals, things like that. But for any root, any bark, any seed, any berry, anything that is tough, you need to make something called an herbal decoction. Even if it is powdered form, I don't care. I'm still making a decoction. Mm. And that involves bringing your herbs to a boil and letting it simmer for a desired amount of time, typically anywhere between 10 to 40 minutes. I like to do 30 minutes as my sweet spot. And the reason why that is needed is because there is absolutely no way at all that just pouring some water over your herbs and letting it steep for five minutes is going to get all of the nutritional value from those herbs. And so Mm. I make or I made a ashwagandha decoction. So again, I brought my herbs to a boil. I let it simmer. Um, I'm extra. So I let it simmer for like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And I make a big pot of that. And I drink that throughout the day. So I'll drink it up to three times a day. So typically I will drink it by itself. Um, But in the morning times, I will mix it up. So today I have ashwagandha and yerba mate. (laughs) And yesterday I had ashwagandha and cincha green tea. Um, For nighttime, I had ashwagandha and chamomile tea. So I, you know, I will Mm. add a little razzle dazzle in there. (laughs) I like it. Because it's a rough flavor. It can be by itself. It's a little bitter. It is. It's not the most bitter herb. Um, no. As a tea drinker, I drink anything. I'm one yeah. of. I'm an actual tea drinker, meaning that I will drink tea, you know, yep. no matter the taste. And I mm-hmm. have. I've drank some pretty pretty bitter herbs before. Ashwagandha is <laughs> not actually on the list. To me, it oh, tastes really? like. Um, it tastes like light beer. If you make a strong decoction of it, it can hmm. give you like a little beer taste. And I okay. have a thing. I'm like, you know what? If we can drink alcohol, which is disgusting, by the way, <laughs> then we can drink herbs. Okay. If we can drink us some beer, which is nasty, you know, alcohol does not taste good. <laughs> and we should not be complaining about the taste of herbs. But um, yes, people, I want to say, don't quote me on this, but um, I want to say, um, the word ashwagandha, um, I believe it means like horse sweat. <laughs> I, I think be- so, yeah. Yes. And that's it. The name came from that because of the taste of <laughs> ashwagandha. It was believed that it tastes like horse sweat. Who was going around drinking horse sweat? Yeah, right. No <laughs> Who tested that? <laughs> right. Right. So I'm not sure if it's the taste or the smell. I have to double check that. I know I found it in some of my studies, but um, I don't think it tastes that bad. You know, I don't add some honey to it. You're fine. Just Mm -hmm. a little tip for that. I give people um, for bitter herbs. If you add some citrus, it will cut that bitterness. Mm. And if you have an extremely bitter herb, take it as a shot. So <laughs> you're laughing. I'm so serious. Yeah, I know. Take I know. Is this one herb that I take uh, that is disgusting? It tastes like poison, but it's so oh. beneficial. Yeah. So believe oh, it or no. not, the more disgusting or bitter the herb is, the healthier it is for you. 
that is the rule of thumb. Okay. Um, this herb, I, I would take uh, whenever I would have some kind of infection. Um, I would take this herb. It's called um, andrographis. It's actually known mm. as the bitter, the king of bitters. And when I tell okay. you this herb is, ooh, it is, it is a tough one. Um, yeah, yeah. That herb, as well as I recently made a dream blend for a client. And it, this dream herb is called Kalea, which is known as a, the dream herb. It's very bitter. It's called the bitter herb as well. And yeah. so those herbs are so bitter that <laughs> when you drink it, it's like, oh, you, you can't even the get rid of the taste. It's stuck in your throat. It's all bad. Yeah. And so how I take it, I take it as like a tequila shot. So I will get some salt. <laughs> I'll have my lime. I'll have a shot. You're laughing. I'm so serious. And I will go and what is it? Salt first. You lick the salt and then you lick the shot and then you lime. I do that. (laughs) And it works. It works. I don't know why it does. (laughs) I love that. That's amazing. You're the one showing up to parties instead of with like a bottle of tequila, with a bottle of a decoction, whatever. Just pouring shots. People are like, oh, what is this? Hang on. Don't worry about it. Just take it. Yeah, don't worry about it. You'll feel great tomorrow. Right. <laughs> that is me. Yes. That's that's funny. That's actually a good idea. Like <laughs> it. It is. It, it is. I mean, I. So, if there was, do you know? Maybe you're the person to talk to, and people, I'm sure, would love this. Do you know of any herbs for people who do like to drink and do like to imbibe? That maybe would help uh, alleviate the next day uh, feeling, that next day hangover. Ooh, yeah, there are a couple herbs. Um, I have not tried them out. Okay. Okay, but there are a couple herbs that you can take that can help with... um, with hangovers actually but again i have not tried the herbs out the herb that is coming to mind when i think of hangovers is called kuzu or kuzu yeah yeah, i feel like i've seen it kutsu or kutsu yeah Yeah, it can be print there's so many pronunciations to herbs i've heard of that yeah (laughs) so i may be saying it one way i I, I don't know if it's right or or not but i've heard of it yeah they're literally, we're probably not even saying it the way it's supposed to, the way the indigenous people said it. Exactly. Um, but for my herbal training, they said kudzu. Okay. You heard it, kudzu. Um, yeah. Yes, that is known as an herbal hangover remedy. Wow. <laughs> Pretty much. I have not tried it personally, um, so I cannot tell you if it actually works. Yeah. But in my, um, my studies, that herb I actually wrote down like oh hangovers <laughs> and I actually have some here um it is an it's an antiviral herb and an antibacterial herb so um when I had an anti like I had some digestive issues that I also um remedied I don't like to say treat remedied yeah. with herbs and uh, kudzu or kudzu is a digestive herb as well so it can help with any digestive issues if you have things like leaky gut or SIBO, things like that. So mm. it's a it's a great herb for that category. But yeah. apparently, you know, somebody tried it when they had a hangover and it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's something that you take like the night of drinking or the next day when you're actually experiencing the hangover. Um, I would say test it out. Do both. Yeah. <laughs> and see if yeah, it works. Tr- be yeah, be yeah. your own clinical, you know, research mm-hmm. uh, subject and see if it works. And then, hey, if it does work, then you can, you know, make your own hangover remedy. <laughs> 
<laughs> what season yeah. cut to? I would also throw in there some of the highly nutritious herbs. So throw in there some nettle, throw in there some red mm. clover. You know, those are going to replenish um, your nutrients. Throw in some moistening herbs, you know, that will help, you know, because um, alcohol can actually dehydrate you and all those things. Mm-hmm. You want to throw in some moistening herbs, probably some herbs that will help filter your blood. So blood purifying herbs. Yeah. Uh, burdock root is one of them. Yes. So I would throw in something like that, which is a amazing blood purifying herb. Make a decoction, drink it before, throw in some kutsu, some kutsu, and see if it works and let me know. <laughs> just, just give me ten yeah. percent if it actually works. Give me ten percent. <laughs> yeah, I know, make it selling on that, make it killing. <laughs> right. Uh, if you figure that out, if people will yeah, people would line up for that. And I and I might. Shit, I might. Which uh, actually speaking of which where do you you talk about all these herbs how do you source them where do you do you grow them yourself well it's funny that you say that because i just recently enrolled in farm school and oh my I, gosh yes i had my thank you i had my first class last week because i recently thought you know what i want to source and grow my own herbs one thing that Coco has taught me is the importance of being sustainable and mm-hmm. living self-sufficient. I remember last year in March going to the grocery store and I could not find any food that I ate. I do have an autoimmune disorder, so I eat specific food and yeah. I could not find what I needed. And I told myself never again will that happen to me where I go inside of a grocery store and I cannot find food. Yeah. I want to be able to go in my backyard and pick everything that my family is eating. And so I decided to purchase land that I realized, Abril, you don't know how to grow anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about the herbs. I know the plant compounds, the chemical yes. constituents, the phytonutrients, the flavor, mm-hmm. the taste. But as far as keeping plants alive, that is not my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> I actually killed a snake plant the other day. And if you know anything about plants, a snake plant is one of the hardest plants to kill. I was like, they're so easy. You can put them in a dark closet and they pretty much live. <laughs> he died. I don't know why he died. I'm like, okay i need to you know get some some professional help (laughs) so yeah yeah, i enrolled in um in farm school so the hope is that i will begin sourcing and um yeah and using my own herbs and my own vegetables um right now i'm not doing that (laughs) right now i am um, sourcing my herbs from major wholesaler herb wholesalers you probably know of those so the top herbal wholesalers to purchase bulk herbs from is going to be star west botanicals mountain roads herbs those are the two top ones i also there's some other you know little smaller ones that i may or may not use um yeah there is San Francisco um, Herb Company, which I actually pretty like. I like a lot. Um, okay. There is um, Frontier, yeah. Pacific Botanicals, um, Pen. I want to say Pen, Pen Herbs. There's a lot. I have a whole list. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I have a whole list that I actually curated and I um, will give to people who ask. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, I also recently have been trying to support local farmers and local herb farmers. So I will support them. The um, One of the local herb farmers that I do use is Oshala Farms. The only issue with local herb farmers is that I have not found one herb farm that has all the herbs that I use. Mm. So they may specialize in, you know, certain herbs and I'm like, I'm having to use multiple ones. So I just want to find one supplier that has everything, which is why I'm like, okay, just grow it, bro. Grow your own herbs. (laughs) So yeah, that's the easiest. Yeah, exactly. Those are my suppliers. Yeah. Well, I say it's the easiest in the sense that you'll have everything. It involves the work of actually growing, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's more than just growing. It's, so it's growing yeah. and drying yes. and, you know, yeah, yeah. all of that packaging. And, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it, that is. I, I'm literally – I just started a garden for myself, for my own house, and, like, just literally just a personal one with, like, a few broccoli plants, kale, you know, some some cool. peppers and jalapenos. But, yeah, it's, it's a challenge just keeping – and actually, it's funny that you say that, too, because I just made a video today. So I think it was three or four weeks ago, I was at a nursery and I found a tea plant. So Camellia sinensis, I found one and I'm like, oh, no shit, I'm going to take this and I'm going to, cool. yeah, I'm going to grow it. <laughs> so I grow it, I plant it, beautiful pot and everything. Because I was like, I'll just keep it inside because being in Minnesota, I don't, it's not going to last the winter if I, if I leave it outside. So I just grow it and... A week ago, I just look at it and it is as dead as dead can be. No. And I was like, "What did I do? I watered it like once." Like the, the climate. I, I I don't know. I don't know at all. But I was so sad. So I made a video about it today on on my Instagram and stuff. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a challenge. It's a it's growing your own herbs or tea or just food. It's there's a lot to it. It is. Certain herbs, certain plants can grow in certain climates. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain, some require a lot of water, some don't require enough mm-hmm. um, or a lot. The soil health is important. I'm learning all of this, by the way, at farm. The soil is <laughs> very important because it's the reason or I bring that up is because the tea plant on the little tag, it said needs acidic soil. Yes. I didn't know what that meant. So I'm like, do I spray like some lemon juice in this like what what should i do so you can actually um which i'm i'm learning you can actually so yes so certain herbs um only grow in highly acidic oil like i know blueberries are one of them like blueberries needs acidic Uh oil as or oil soil as well and so to um get acidic soil or to test the acidity of your soil you can use a ph meter and literally, yeah. you can get it from Amazon and stick it in your soil and uh, um, see Whoa. the pH, see if it's alkaline. Alkaline is the opposite of acidic <laughs> or see if it's too acidic or if it's neutral. And there are certain um, certain chemicals that you can put in your soil to bring it back to an alkaline state. Um, yeah. So I am learning that um, <clears throat> next week. Well, not next week. Farm school is on Wednesday. So in farm (laughs) class on Wednesday, we're actually going to go over composting and learn how to compost and make your own soil. So I will report back to you on what to put in the soil. Please do. (laughs) That's cool. What uh, what's the school or class that you're doing this like through? Yeah, the school is called Wild Willow Farms, and it's actually in San Diego. I am okay. based in Los Angeles, so I actually travel about two to three hours to San wow. Diego once a week to go to this class. Yeah, I'm dedicated. Um, That's amazing, I don't have, yeah. It's crazy. I don't have a car, 
uh, right now in LA. Um, so I'm about that Uber life. I Uber everywhere. <laughs> you Uber um, two to three hours though? I don't. So I okay. take the train. <laughs> and when I tell you my first day was last week, it was rough. So the first train left at 2.30 a.m. And I, so I had to be up by midnight. So I went to bed at like, you know, six to be up at midnight, get on the train by two to get there by 5.30 a.m. And then farm class was every day. So it was from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. When I tell you I was exhausted, I was fighting. I was yeah. delirious sleep or delirious tired. Yes. And so I probably retained 40% of everything. <laughs> and oh, the crazy part about it is they actually do grow herbs at this farm. And so I was on the inside i was excited but on the outside it was like ooh, chamomile like it was so (laughs) (laughs) my excitement was you know it was dampened by my sleepiness (laughs) yeah sleep is so important but that's i it i love the dedication like that's yeah good for you for the fact that you said i woke up at midnight um you wake you're that you're saying that and i would argue like more than half of my friends don't go to bed until midnight, until midnight. or one or until or one o'clock. One hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, my this week I'm not doing that. So this week I'm actually <laughs> okay. going to um, go out there the day before. So I'm going out there tomorrow. Um, I got like a little bed at a hostel. It's just dedicated nice. for real. So I'm going to stay at a hostel, yeah. and then that way I can. Um, and it's only three hours away, two three hours away. Yeah. But. I want to buy land now. And so I want to be, I don't want to wait a year, you know, and mm-hmm. believe it or not, most farming programs, agricultural programs are located on the outskirts because those are where the farms are. And so there's sense, nothing yeah. locally. Um, but yeah, I want, I have a real estate agent and we're actually actively looking for land. And some of the requirements to purchase land or to not purchase, but to get a grant or a loan from the USDA is you have to have farming experience. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, I don't have that. So that is why I'm going through this program to increase my chances of getting a USDA grant or a loan because believe it or not, as an entrepreneur, it's very hard to get a mortgage. <laughs> if you do not have a regular job, yeah. no bank will look at you pretty much. So I'm just going the alternative route. Most of them will want you to have some kind of farm hand or ranching experience. So that's okay. why I'm, I'm, so dedicated and it's only a eight-week program for those of you who are curious it's an eight-week program so i should be done uh, by the end of august but i plan on continuing my training there's a bipoc farm that i want to um do an internship at and Mm -hmm. that's amazing just because it you know is specialized for BIPOC growers so people who use these native herbs and want to grow these native herbs uh, these indigenous herbs as well as have that community you know be with somebody else who uses herbs you know these indigenous herbs so there's um, a program I want to enroll in in the fall so I'm always going to be learning (laughs) I love it. No, that's that's beautiful and super again passionate or super amazing that you're just going for it. That's that's really cool. Um, yeah, sorry, did you have something else to add? Go ahead. <laughs> okay, no, I was gonna say I wanted to get back to the herbs. Yes, because um, no. just I want to I want to take take advantage of, of you <laughs> of you of you being on this, um, and I'm sure people are interested in learning more about like specific herbs for specific things and how you see that. So. 
Um, I know personally, I've gotten or have had a lot of people interested, uh, and you mentioned this earlier about like herbs for uh, menstrual cycles and just kind of sexual health. Like, um, so if you can kind of go into that and share any insight that you would have for people who are interested in that, that'd be awesome. Sure. So I do want to preface this by saying that, again, herbs are not a one size fit all. Yeah. So when you think about your if, if you're a woman and you have horrible, horrible PMS cramps um, like I had, I call them cramps of death. <laughs> and I know you're not a woman, but when I tell you PMS cramps, they are literally they are the worst. They can be yeah. the worst feeling ever. Literally, you feel like you're getting stabbed in the stomach. <laughs> They're that bad. I'm oh, not no. joking. But yeah. everybody's cramps range. Their symptoms range. So some people, some women will have mild PMS cramps mm-hmm. and others will have cramps of death, as I call them. And they will have all of these compounding symptoms like nausea, diarrhea, um, migraines, fatigue. All of that comes with mood swings it's just not good it's not good um so you want to think of why you have that why you have um these horrible pms cramps and typically it's due to a hormonal imbalance typically and a hormonal imbalance can be due to a multitude of things um it could be due to um what you're eating digestive things that axes in your brain that also yeah. produces or your body shall i say that also produces the cortisol and um and the adrenaline the anxiety hormones it actually produces those pms hormones as well <laughs> those are your adrenals and so all of that can be off, out of whack, out of balance. So um, you want to get to the reason of why you're having those PMS cramps. Again, it can be anxiety. So anxiety can affect your hormones. It can be your digestive system. You know, your gut is your second brain. I'm sure you've heard of that. Serotonin producing your gut. 80% of diseases start in your gut. So if you're eating nothing but cheese and sugar and processed food yeah. that can possibly contribute to poor gut health which can throw off your hormones but anyway anywho if you can figure that out you want to first look at herbs to help balance out your pms hormones mm-hmm. and one of the go-to herbs for that is going to be vitex also called chaste berry that is a woman's herb that actually helps balance out your pms hormones it is amazing um if you are on birth birth control i do not recommend taking it because i don't want you to have no surprise babies and blame it on me (laughs) so because it, it does mess with your hormones it can actually make your birth control ineffective so just throwing it out there good to know yeah research 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 like I yeah. said in the beginning, some of these herbs have contraindications and can interact with certain things. Um, some other herbs that are great to take, um, and these can help. These are something you're going to take over a longer period. So some clinical trials have shown up to three months, so results up to three months. And one of those herbs is uh, red raspberry leaf. I love red raspberry leaf. It is actually uh, coined as the woman's herb because it is a uterine tonic. So it will go in your uterus and fix whatever is off. So if um, tonic is an herbalism word that pretty much means to 
tone something, it means to strengthen what is weak, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it just gets it back into shape. You know, think of working out, you're toning your muscles. That's yeah. what a herbal tonic will do. So if you have an organ that is weak or not functioning properly, a tonic will go in there and help that. And so red raspberry leaf is a uterine tonic. So it will go in there and fix whatever is off, make it, you know, strong. And it also helps with those other PMS uh, issues or symptoms. So the nausea, the vomiting, the diarrhea, the headaches, and it's a smooth muscle relaxer. So it Mm. does help with cramps as well. Um, Those two I typically will combine in a PMS formula. So I will combine Vitex, also known as Chaseberry, and Raspberry Leaf together in most of my custom PMS blends. Um, another great herb is Ladies Mantle. I mean, the name speaks for itself. It's a ladies herb. <laughs> it works similarly to Red Raspberry Leaf. The flavor of Ladies Mantle is going to be kind of like a green tea, actually. It's very, uh, it's a slightly bitter, gives you a green kind of matcha taste to it, more so mm. on the green side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The taste of red raspberry leaf is going to be like a black tea, believe it or not. It gives you a okay. mild black tea taste. The taste of Vitex um, actually is peppery. It's called uh, the pepper plant. And so yeah. it's a little spicy. <laughs> so you want to put in there some herbs to balance out that flavor. Um, but again, if you can drink alcohol, you can drink these herbs. Yes. Um, and those are, again, are herbs that you would take over a longer period of time. Now, let's just say if you don't have time to take these herbs, you know, a few weeks before your period, which is what I recommend one or two weeks before your period, if not, you know, every day to help balance out your hormones. Um, You want herbs for acute uh, kind of issues. So you will go to pain relieving herbs. So pain relieving herbs, a category of those are going to be cramp bark. And the name speaks for itself. (laughs) It helps with cramps. So any kind of cramps in your body, particularly smooth muscle cramps, which is what PMS cramps are. And it is a bark. So you are making a decoction out of it. You're making a strong decoction. I'm letting it simmer for at least an hour. Um, Another pain relieving herb is going to be white willow bark. White willow bark um, has been used for a lot of pain issues. I use it for um, migraines. It can be used for arthritis pains. I throw it into my PMS formula. Again, it is a bark, so decoction. Another herb um, that I use that I would throw in there that's a pain relieving herb is called metal sweet. Metal sweet, actually a little fun you know, fact, a chemical compound in metal sh- in metal sweet is extracted to make aspirin. So aspirin mm. actually yeah. comes from the metal sweet herb, believe it or not. Fifty <laughs> percent of medication actually comes from herbs. Yes, so, yeah, I've heard that. Yes. So I make a decoction now. This tea is not for the weak because it is bitter. <laughs> it is very, very bitter. But if you want those cramps to go away in the moment, then you are going to make this. This is my pain relieving decoction, actually, that I will make my go to pain relieving decoction. And yeah. sometimes I'll make it the night before so that because typically women can feel when our, our cramps are coming on. We know when our period is going to start. Yeah. It typically is around the same time. So I will make it the night before. So when I do have those cramps, I can just drink it. And I will start um, the the red raspberry leaf and the Vitex a week or so before. Like I just, not to be TMI, but 
I had my my period last week and I started yeah. drinking red raspberry leaf. And I I only started drinking it up to three days before and it still helped. Amazing. So that's how amazing it is. So yeah. yeah, those are some herbs that these ladies out here can try yeah. for those cramps of death, as I call them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And the so you mentioned about the decoction versus the infusion. Now, if you were to infuse, let's say, like a root or a bark multiple times, would that act similarly to a decoction or no? Um, my view on it is there. If you do an infusion, I just do not believe that it is strong enough to extract all of the medicinal values out of it by just infusing or letting these barks and roots steep. I just honestly don't because it is so tough. You need to boil them. Um, That's my opinion on it. However, um, it doesn't mean you're not getting any nutrients out of it. You're getting, you know, a couple, but it's not going to be to the full effect. So, you know, you might... If you make an infusion out of it, just know that you're it's not going to, you know, do anything. It may, you know, do a little, uh, but <laughs> that's it. Now, yeah. alternatively, what I would recommend is letting it steep for longer. Yeah. So letting it steep for like four or five hours overnight, if possible. Mm. Oh, if you can do it overnight, then do that. Because as like a again, cold brew or? um, Yeah. So you can do it as a warm. So what I do is... um. What I've done in the past is I've poured the boiling hot herbs over it, let it steep in its hot state. Once it gets lukewarm, I would throw it in the refrigerator, let it steep all night. The herbs are still in there. You can put it into a mason jar. It's a good way of taking it and Mm. then drinking it in the morning straight from the mason jar. So I'll Mm. do that. And that's an alternative. Um, I do that mainly for if I have something that I'm trying to knock out. You know, like if I have a, a sniffle, I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I will do it, do that way and drink it yeah. throughout the day in that mason jar. Another alternative is to degrade the herb. So by degrading the herb, it cuts the surface area down. And so you you can get those uh, nutrients easier. So I yeah. eat powdered form. So a powdered form of a herb, you may be able to access some of those phytonutrients easier through mm-hmm. an herbal infusion. Um, I will still decoct a powder infusion, but if you, like I have, I just made a custom tea that had a lot of barks and roots and stems and I made a custom detox tea for a business client. And typically most people, most consumers are not going to boil their tea. So in order to make this tea um, useful and beneficial, I actually put the herbs through my grinder to cut down the surface area so that okay Mm. do make an infusion then you are getting at least you know more of the herbs can be able to be extracted out by Mm -hmm. making that infusion but i do recommend putting on the label that you do need to do a decoction but most people are lazy (laughs) it's just it is what it is yeah it's yeah it's if you can make it as easy as possible as a supplier great but at the end of the day too it's good to know because I've I've heard of decoctions um, and infusions, but I've never actually kind of dug this deep into it. So this is news. This is new stuff for me, and it makes sense. Like you said, with like the barks and the roots, very sturdy part of the plant. Mm-hmm. You would need something to either grind it down or to just steep out, like for hours. Like 100%. and that, that makes sense. It makes sense to me. Just 
have my science mind as well. It's just like, yeah, that that makes sense. I just never actually thought on it. So yeah, even honestly, some of those medicinal mushrooms that you're taking will yeah. require actually deco- actual decoctions. And mm. some people take herbs in powdered form, and some of the chemical constituents in these herbs are water soluble. So you actually need to make an infusion or a decoction to actually get some of those chemicals out of it. Um, but there's a whole category. Some are not water soluble. Some are hot mm. water. Some are cold water, like marshmallow root and kava kava, for instance are not mm. hot water soluble so you can't make a, a decoction of kava kava you can it just can. won't it's, you know it won't do anything <laughs> I, I can speak from personal experience the first time i had kava kava was i just made a tea out of it like a normal infused doesn't do tea. anything you get a little tea like, going on your lips that's it yeah i was like <laughs> it was my girlfriend gave it to me and i was like hey, yeah it's like oh my lips am i having like an right. allergic reaction or something like i don't i don't know um and then i we cold brewed it yes and then i got like drunk <laughs> like i was like i was like oh this is 1000 percent different like this is an entirely different experience than i ex- than the hot brew so that was just weird to me and then even kava kava it requires agitation so the next time you make it um yeah. traditionally it's made by using a cold brew as well as agitation um the indigenous people make it that way so the next time you make it agitate it so okay. you can put it in a mason jar with cold water and every yeah. few hours shake it up or you can put it in a bowl with cold water and agitate it with your hands yeah. to release some of those compounds in it. That's how the indigenous healers would take it. Try that and let me know the effects even and stronger. <laughs> I was like, I already got like drunk on the cold brew. That's scary. <laughs> I don't know where I'll, what I'll be doing next, but I definitely will. That's uh, I actually have some. I might have to might have to do that today, just as the day goes <laughs> let on. No, I want to know will. how it is. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> too <laughs> <laughs> oh a thousand percent thousand percent um well abriel like like i said I, we're kind of running short on time unfortunately because i want to keep talking more but um maybe we'll have to do a part two at some point um yeah some point in the future but i guess first of all is there anything else you want to touch on or add or just say before uh, signing off on today's episode yeah, I guess I will shout out uh, my socials. <laughs> yeah, please that. do. Yeah, give yourself a plug. Yeah. Yes, and let people know how to contact me. Yeah. So again, I own the teen wellness company called Beauty Herbs and Tea. You can find me on Instagram at Beauty Herbs, H-E-R-B-S and A-N-D. T-T-E-A. And on my Instagram, I post all about tea, tea facts, uh, tea recipes, herb recipes. It's also my personal and business Instagram. So I will share, you know, things about me and how I'm in farm school and all of that. And I'm an aesthetic person. So, you know, I'm posting pictures and photo shoots mm-hmm. and all of that. That's the beauty part. So you got the beauty <laughs> and then give you the herbs and the tea. <laughs> so that's beauty herbs and tea. So go on there for any kind of tea information anything dealing with tea herbs and health i also have an instagram another instagram i have a mental health instagram 
Mm. It's called At Anxiety in Black, Anxiety, A-N-D, Black, B-L-A-C-K. And I post about anxiety and mental health awareness. And as a black person, because believe it or not, black people are impacted more, you know, with anxiety, 30% more likely to Mm. have anxiety or mental health disorder compared to any other race, because we just keep getting exposed to trauma and violence, apparently. (laughs) But yes, so I have a, a mental health page. And that's at Anxiety and Black. And again, I'm just posting things about how to deal with anxiety as well as breaking the stigma and speaking out about having anxiety. I also have a YouTube channel, as you pointed out in the beginning, that actually is doing pretty well. Believe it or not, <laughs> nice. I surprised myself. I checked in like... <laughs> One of my videos had like 3,000 views. I'm like, man, people actually yeah, like me. I love it. Um, yeah. And on my, my YouTube, um, I am posting all information on tea and tea recipes and herbs. But I also post on my YouTube uh, tea and or herbalism and business videos. So if you are interested in getting into the herbalism and business space, so starting your own tea company, uh, starting your own herbal business, anything, any business dealing with herbs or wellness, I post videos on that. So right now I have a video on there on how to become an herbalist. I have another video on there uh, on how to start a tea business step by step. That's the one with a couple thousand views that people are watching. I have another video on all of the tools and products you need to start a tea business. So that is for that and yes 100% please subscribe please follow if you want a custom tea blend please reach out to me you can reach out to me via email my email is beautyherbsandtea at gmail.com or you can send me a dm at beautyherbsandtea on instagram amazing amazing Avril thank you so much today I really appreciate it and we'll like I said we're, I think we're gonna have to have a follow-up to this because this is not long enough in my opinion <laughs> no thank you for reaching out thank you for inviting me on your platform thanks for following and supporting I 100% enjoyed this discussion awesome thank you thank you to Abril for that amazing herb-filled conversation Discover her work at beautyherbsandtea.com or on social media at beautyherbsandtea. Thank you for tuning in today. For more tea knowledge, go to freshsteeps.com, give us a follow, and have a glorious day, my teamigos. Peace out. Peace out.